we're all three on slightly different timelines. This is the reality of the digital world. We've already tested this in several previous shows. There is no real way to figure out how to get the sequence of three, two, one, let's go uh, in perfect sequence. So at the end of the day, it's just like Skip always said, <laughs> we gotta go for it and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> three, two, two one. one. Let's, Let's go! go! Oh. Yeah. We back. Oh, what is up? I haven't been this tanked in the beginning of a show in a very long time. I'm your host, Troy Tittlemeyer, for the PBE podcast, and I'm joined by none other than, and always, forever, with Skips. The Matt, the Skips, Scipione. Sir, what is the latest, man? What's the greatest? How's the Rona in California? What's What's going on, man? Dude, it's I mean, they just are about to shut everything down again. It's it's kind of crazy. And then how they divided up the counties is the other really weird thing. Divided so, up counties. Yeah. So they've been so they divided California into four distinct sections. So they have like a northern California, southern California, Central Valley, and then kind of like the Bay Area. What? Uh, yeah. So what they included in Southern California though blows my mind. So they included all the way up to San Luis Obispo. What? Yeah, so they included that in Southern California, and then they included it all the way from Inyo County to Mono County. So, like, Levining, Mammoth, that whole area is considered Southern California. What? And so they're going under the same regs as, yeah, I don't know, dude. Newsom is... Wait a minute. So I don't, don't want to get political, but it, it, it's weird. It's weird. So, where, so what's Bakersfield in? Bakersfield is in the Central Valley. I'm pretty sure that's wow, where they have it. Big yeah. scoop in the middle. Yeah, the San Joaquin. Yeah, that's that's what they have it under. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, don't quote me on that. I mean, every day is just something new. Ay, 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 dude. I mean, who creates the? Uh... Clearly, some intern that does not really care about their job. <laughs> Speaking about interns that do care about their job, Dylan Morton, man, you are joining the show. Hello, man. What's up? Dude, where are you coming from right now? First of all, Oklahoma? Oh, yeah, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City, no shit. Yes, sir. Right on. Is that where uh, OSU is at? I was, it's in no. Stillwater, right? Yeah, OSU is in Stillwater about uh, 45 minutes um, northeast. Or no yeah, northeast. Northeast, yeah. Okay, so you're in Oklahoma City. You are a graduate student with OSU. Yep. And you are a fan of the PBE podcast. The number one fan, someone said. <laughs> He's calling it. I love it. <laughs> calling it out. The number one fan of the PBE podcast, man. Well, listen, I absolutely enjoyed getting to know you more, sir. I really did, man. To the bottom of my core, I feel like yeah. you are a geoscientist. You are trying to do your job and your responsibility as a geoscientist to learn as much as possible to help businesses become successful, man. And, you know, we're a small niche of people. It's just like Skips talks about in this show is we are a small group of geoscientists that actually have this passion and the curiosity and the, the ability or the really the energy to challenge ourselves intellectually and pull out the best and the newest and the, the right things to do for our futures, man. I've definitely become a fan of yours. Uh, Skippo, what do you think, man? How was this show? Dude, this was an awesome show. I mean, 
it's been laid back. It's been a nice kind of change in pace for sure. And just kind of talking rocks again and just kind of like reminiscing about some other shows that we've had and, you know, kind of where the future is going to go and midcon IBA winners. We're just going to, we're going to throw that out there. Are we, th- are we yeah. making that prediction? We're making, I'm going to make that prediction right now. I'm going <laughs> to making it Let's happen go. right now. Don't let me down. Don't let me down. I'm putting money on this. I'll do my best. <laughs> I'll hey. do my best. I'm going to reach out to uh, DraftKings, and I'm going to try to figure out if we, can get the IBA, <laughs> if we can get all IBA teams on DraftKings. Can you imagine? Can we get enough people? Why wouldn't we? What else are these fucking geologists and engineers and all these people in the industry doing with their time? What else are you doing with your time? We have oh, the ability to bet. <laughs> Let's make a bet. Who's going to win the IBA this year? I have a I have a good feeling. I support Skips's decision. I haven't made mine yet, but I support <laughs> that OSU is going to be a serious contender in the IBA this year. Tell mm. me about uh, what what section is that Skips or who? It's who? Midcon. Yeah, Midcon. So who? So else? that's like yeah, that's like Wichita. Uh, uh, what is it? O- uh, OU, Oklahoma State, uh, Kansas. Kansas yeah, State. Yeah, Kansas for sure. And uh, then I'm trying to remember who else was in that division. But those are the ones I remember off the top of my head. Yeah, same. Same. Arkansas maybe? But, I don't know. Yeah. Arkansas? It's a, it's a it's a loaded it's a loaded region though. That's for sure. I think Arkansas is for sure cuz they're pretty heavy contenders as well. Yeah. Wow. Damn. But LSU is not. No, LSU's in the Gulf. So they're like uh the Ragin' Cajuns, so University of Louisiana Lafayette, uh, University of Houston, right? Like those guys, yeah. I think A and M is in that one. And and know. Midland was or UTVB was in the Southwest section. Yeah. So that's UTEP was our biggest competitor, right? Yeah, UTEP and uh, Tech, Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. Yeah. So, in your opinion, Dylan, your biggest competition to get out of the regionals of IBA. Uh, in the mid-con section is is going to be what Kansas or OU? Who are you thinking? Uh, OU has done pretty good in the past as well, but if I'm remembering remembering correctly, uh, Arkansas is usually up there as well. So OU and Arkansas Tech, I would say. Or Arkansas Tech is that the Razorbacks or no? Arkansas Tech is something. No, that's University of Arkansas. No, okay. Yeah. So Arkansas Tech, um, maybe Arkansas. I, I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, definitely OU and Arkansas in general. Nice. Okay. Well, that's exciting, man. That's uh, – have a visitor. Stan Keith just walked in, so my psychology has changed from where we were to something new. <laughs> and I'm going to figure out how to splice this into the show. But, listen, we, we have a good show, man. We have an exciting show as you are a graduate student at OSU that is pushing forward as a geoscientist trying to figure out what are you going to do three semesters from now or four semesters from now as a master's graduate student in geoscience? What are you going to do in the real world? What are you going to do practically to make money, to build a career? And yeah. that's what we talk about in this show. You're talking about these things, carbon sequestration. You're talking about oil and gas, mining. You're talking about all kinds of other options that we have as geoscientists. We are a versatile group. Even being in Oklahoma, which is heavily oil and gas, you have many, many options, sir. And you're smart. 
You're effective. You are articulate. I, I enjoyed this show. And Skippo, what do we say when we start these things? This is the conception part of the PBE podcast with Dylan Morton. Skippo, we're diving in. We're getting to know each other, man. It's literally a little bit of a digital happy hour. I got this. Uh, let's let's share with what we're talking. I got the beer. I got the pub beer. Huh? Ooh, Straight out of luxurious. <laughs> I got the, my beer salt. Dylan, what are you sipping on? I got a nice Corona <laughs> right here. And the koozie. What's the koozie say? Reagan Smith Energy Solutions. Reagan Smith. My yeah, it was my previous employer. And Skippo, what are you sipping on? Dude, I'm I'm not catching up with you guys yet because it's still <laughs> one o'clock California time. But I'm drinking some of the most quality of the Nestle Pure Life water. Oh <laughs> no, it's Nestle, dude. Yeah, yeah. I I just realized it now. <laughs> I don't trust them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Where's that water even come from? It's probably Northern California or something. Yeah, probably, or probably out of someone's faucet that they just ran through a Brita. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right man you might be able to catch up during the drill down segment of the show but dylan you know one thing that's uh that's really interesting to me is the fact that you have listened to a ton of the pbe podcast man and i first of all just thanks dude thanks and and, and yeah. great to hear uh and and the post you made man i honestly I, I thank you so much for just saying you know the positive things and sharing that man no problem i you know i tell pretty much all my geologist friends about the podcast and I have a few friends that, you know, already listened to it, but I just love what you guys do. You know, you always bring the energy. I have to say, I learn something new every single time I listen to a podcast. Come on. Come on. That, that's just, that just blows my mind. Some of the things I've learned just, just from you guys and, and the guests that you guys have had on. Dude, that when it all started, it all began. Let's go back. Let's take it back. Skippo. <laughs> Let's rock it back with Dylan. And, and what I really want to do, and I'm going to pull up the website, we're going to start from the very beginning, and I'm just going to kind of slowly scroll, and then I, I, and we'll just kind of wrap about these shows, the shows we've done and what dropped out for you or a show that popped out, and you're like, dude, I really like that one for this reason or whatever. Let's just have some fun with the history of PBE. We, we are releasing the 65th show this weekend with Dr. Scott Tinker, dude, from the BEG. Oh, oh we get incredible. Great. Oh, dude, we get into some amazing stuff. He's all charged up talking about oh, geology yeah. again. Uh, it's That's good. another thing I was going to say. It just, you know, it, it got me excited for geology again because after my undergrad and, and going working for a couple years, you know, I just lost some of that steam. And listening to you guys, you just get charged up right away. That's the goal, man. That's why we're <laughs> geologists, right? You want to keep exactly. learning. You, you you get dumped in the, like, you know, the, your undergrad you're basically shot out of a cannon, right? You're given so much information to process, but you don't really have the time to really sit back and evaluate and like hone in those skills, right? You have field camp and then sometimes you get it in work, but you know, making sure you stay active and making sure we're always learning. That's the only way we're going to become better at this. I mean, at the end of the day. Yeah, dude. So that's, I'm, I'm stoked that you that you see it that way. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. Well, man, so I just got off the phone with DH, dude, right before oh, this. Oh, snap. Yeah. Oh, snap. Dr. Hurst, our geochemist professor from undergrad, 
And he he kind of reiterated the story that the geology department's going away, man. It's going to be replaced with environmental. It's really focused on kind of big data, data science, and the yeah. uh, structure, the said strat, the ki the chemistry. It's all going away, Skippo. I mean, and you're talking about you know Dylan coming out of the master's degree and and now being ready to take on the world and and apply this knowledge to a new problem and and figure shit out, which is what we love to do. It's naturally it's it's geologists are curious to figure things out using data and models and all that stuff. But dude, so Dr. Billado, who raked us through the coals happily in undergrad, making sure that we actually really, you know, comprehended what we were talking about, what structure was trying to tell us and, and how we can evaluate something like the Rainbow Basin and make sense of the geologic history, the structure history. So where I'm going with that, though, dude, is how can CLU, how could California Lutheran University have the courage and the balls to say we got to remove geology with this simple fact dr billado took time and time again class after class to rainbow basin to do structural geology as a phd professor teaching undergrad structural geology and every year he learns something new are you kidding me how do you get rid of that subject how do you get rid of the subject that keeps bringing something new what the fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the pub beer. That's already getting me excited. I, I, it, it's frustrating, dude. It doesn't make any logical sense. Yeah, man. I, 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 I had a conversation with DH a couple of weeks ago, and and he was just as perplexed as I was. They're just dumbing down the program into this environmental science because you know there's this big focus on big data, GIS, and you know you don't need those fundamentals anymore, according to them. And it's like, no, it's the exact opposite. Yeah. right you're you're forcing yourself to you know find solutions using big data when the solutions are there in front of you if you have the tools and that set of knowledge to approach that problem in the first place you don't need all the data in the world you just need to have a good geologic background to approach these problems so yeah yeah, dude, I love the way you said that. If anything, all this data, this overwhelming data is telling us there's something wrong with the fundamentals, maybe. Why do we need this overwhelming amount of data to make the right decision? Wait a minute. You know, what's going on here? We have enough data. We need to apply the right models and get the right minds to be working on this problem. That's mm -hmm. Those are facts, Skippo. I love the way you said that. Dylan, what do you got, man? What happened at yeah, an undergrad that's just, graduate? That's just sad. I feel like I was kind of in my undergrad, I was in the transition almost, you know, because um, my girlfriend's dad, he's a geologist and he'll quiz me all the time, you know. Um, and I awesome. just feel like I don't have that um, like structure. We, we, I feel like our, de our department overall lacked in the amount of structure we got taught in oh. structural geology and there's just, you know, you get out and you're told you want to be an overall geologist, you know, like, which is something you guys preach about all the time. But in school, like you talk about with academia, it's just all so specific. And now it's going towards big data and, and getting away from the basics. And I feel like I saw that firsthand. And going into the real world, you know, it scares me because I, I want to know those things. It's up so. to us, man. It's up to us. You know, nobody has it figured out. 
and it's not built. There isn't a perfect place to go to become the most experienced and widespread and universal geologist. It doesn't exist, man. So you got to take your own curiosity and you got to expand. You got to you got to hit the wall of your intellectual capabilities and keep fighting against that. Defend your innocence. I mean, it, there's so much going on today. And uh, and as this year finishes up and wraps up, there's there's a lot of material out there. But, man, so you, you go through undergrad, you're in graduate degree. And uh, and so how did that develop? Did you go to OSU for both of those things? Yes. So I'm in my first year of graduate school, first semester. Um, nice. Did my undergrad at OSU as well. Um, did an internship my last um, semester of undergrad and which led into a full-time job. So that summer is when I did field camp. So that was, you know, six, eight weeks when did field camp in Canyon right. City, Colorado. Whoa. You guys ever been there? No. I've been to Canyon City, but I want to say Canyon, isn't there like a, there's something to do with gold and and some mine, mining going on in this part yeah mining and royal gorge is out there they have a lot of mining operations i can't think off the top of my head what they what's one of the main things that they mine but you know there's a jurassic morrison formation lots of critters and um fossils all that um so after after field camp i i started full-time at reagan smith energy solutions in the city moved from Stillwater to the city and I was working there about a year, and then the uh, oil crash hit in March, right? Early yeah. March, I think. Yeah. So lasted for a while. Um, thought I was going to make it through. About uh, mid-May, got let go. So got the call from uh, a very nice call from my one of my uh, undergraduate teachers, and uh, he knew that I was interested in grad school and said that uh, there was a guy willing to sponsor me so wow. signed up and got in dude nice congratulations on that yeah, i mean it, it's unfortunate that obviously the employment thing happened right because that's never ideal but i mean that seems like in you know the grand scheme of things a smooth transition no it very much was and and i was super grateful for it because you know i obviously wanted to go back to grad school but at, i was just burnt out you know i wanted to make some money so I think it worked out perfectly. I'm what happy is, where I'm at. Yeah. No, no, no. You're yeah, dude. And it sounds like I can already tell, obviously somebody's sponsoring you and the, and the undergrad professor is saying, you know, Dylan got a program here. Like you've left an impact on these people for a reason. And it's, it's obviously cause you do good work and you're reliable and, and you know, you're a quality guy. I could say that without even my first beer drink. All right. <laughs> I could say that. Thank with you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, well, I was just thinking outside the box because this is kind of an outside the box show. I was thinking that, uh, you know, the reality of, of what's to come from all of the things that we've experienced this year, something I read and what people are talking about is that, you know, there, there could be a lot of closing of schools. There could be a lot of closing of these in between smaller universities that are trying to just kind of get folks together and then the the major universities might have a real chance to keep it keep it really going so that's a negative thought and it's it might not be a reality we might not see that but if it does happen 
we were just talking about how geology program is exciting because there's always something new. There's, there's, uh, you know, the fundamentals can always be taught and always be progressed. You know, is it a time that if that does start happening, is it a time for us to really integrate and find the best structure from one school and the best carbonates from one school and, and then combine, you know what I mean? And create something new, some kind of collective for, for how this is going to go. I don't know. It's just a random thought I had. No. Yeah. That's super interesting. Um, I'd be interested to see how it plays out. You know, um, we've moved to fully online. It was interesting. We, we were supposed to be in person this whole semester. And then after break, um, Thanksgiving break, we moved into fully online. And I guess next semester we're going to be in person as well. But, um, the thing is they now have to record every lecture that they do just in case if someone, you know, has Corona or doesn't want to come, they can just tune in via, you know, something like this. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know. I've also been seeing you talk about the smaller universities. I live right next to a community college and it seems like now, you know, more than ever, they're pushing for people to go back to school, you know, cause everyone's, you know, unemployed for the most part. Yeah. And they're, you know, advertising out the wazoo to try to get people, you know, to come spend their money, you know, get their, get their next degree or finish their current degree. Yeah. So that's, that's- interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've I've seen that around here too. You just hear like, "Hey, I got a bunch of extra time on my hands. Why not go back and either finish this degree or start this other degree that I've always been interested in?" Right. Right. But, so, as your first year at OSU, because I I've known a couple of people that have come from that program, and they've all the been Cowboys. really het. What the Cowboys? The Cowboys, yes, yeah. Sir. And I know they've been really heavy in the carbonates. So is that kind of what you're aiming for in your thesis? Or are you still like looking and trying to find something or? Well, I have a, um, I have a start and uh, that I'm not going to be looking at carbonates necessarily, but uh, you know, I'm still open to changing my thesis topic because all I've been doing is reading theses, but I'm looking at the cottage grove sandstone in the Anadarko. And I know, you know, the carbonate people very well, Dr. Mike Grammer, mm-hmm. you know, he's a great Dr. dude. Grammer is Oh my God. One of the best freaking geologists I've ever met. He's He's, so smart. Yeah. But, uh, my girlfriend, uh, actually she did an undergraduate, um, project for him and she made a, she made a poster and it it could have been a whole thesis in itself, but, uh, Uh, no, yeah. The carbonate group at OSU, such a great group, but uh, right mm -hmm. now I'm not looking at carbonates. So yeah, definitely open to different things though. I would be interested in asking Grammar what's he doing with mud volcanism. Is he doing anything with mud volcanism? And especially, I would be interested in hydrothermal dolomites. Yeah. He has dabbled into, and we've talked face-to-face about some of the stuff he's doing with hydrothermal. Yeah, we got into the weeds with him. What was that, at Ace, I think? It was one of those last events, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, his his perspective on hydrothermal dolomite, especially on the Cherokee platform, was... I mean, it was spot on. It was exactly what we were seeing in one of the assets we were looking at. So, yeah, Dr. Grammer is definitely ahead of the curve when it comes to hydrothermal alteration on limestone and how it affects these different reservoirs. So, 
yeah, he's he's a good guy to have in your pocket. I'd keep him. Yeah. I keep. I know he's a carbonate guy, but I'd try to get him on your your committee for sure. No, definitely. And uh, I, you know, he's he's on sabbatical this this semester, and with everything oh. going on, I haven't really seen much of solid anyone timing. from the department. <laughs> yeah, but no, he's definitely in my back pocket for sure. For I've had him for sedge track classes, and I've always enjoyed you know learning from him just in general. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. You mentioned your girlfriend. She's a geologist, huh? Yeah, she is. Um, What's her she, name? Uh, Cheyenne. Cheyenne's her oh. name. She works at uh, she works at a company, or she's going to school. She uh, actually is doing uh, earring business right now. She makes clay earrings. What? She she does awesome with it. So Dude, um, right now, what's the website? How do we do this? What do we do? <laughs> yeah, how do we? We'll throw a plug in. What's the plug? <laughs> so shameless plug. Uh, the Wildflower Co. is her name, and she makes clay earrings, all kinds of stuff. She makes crew necks, you know, shirts. Um, she sells all kinds of stuff. She does, you know, pop-up shops around here in the city mm -hmm. and stuff. So she's doing super – she's doing really good. And, uh, you know, maybe later on she'll go back and get her master's degree. But right now she's, you know, loving that creative outlet. So Yeah. Definitely, definitely a change from, you know, all the analytical approach to be a little bit more creative for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and let's be honest, any undergraduate geologist right now that's not doing something creative like that, they're probably not making money as a geologist. That's just the reality of it. It's very tough right now for geoscience majors to get in and do things. So that's an inspirational, you know, go, go start making some jewelry, make t-shirts, you know, get out there and do something like this. And then all of a sudden you develop a whole nother passion, man. That's cool. Right on. Exactly. Yeah. Right so that's on. been awesome. Uh, I don't mean to bring things down, but yeah, it's, it's so hard right now. I saw how some of the pokes that were at Exxon got laid off the other day and it just, it just sucks, man. Concho getting folded up. There's a lot of OSU people there and just a lot of geoscientists in general. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I haven't stayed up on the, the up and up on exactly how that's going. I, you know, Concho got bought out by Conoco Phillips, right? Yeah. That's an interesting buy because because Con Concho sold their platform, you know, ma money maker in my opinion to somebody else before that, and they they had a big heavy unconventional assets, uh, and then that's now bought by Conical Phillips. So that'll be interesting to see see how that develops, see what Conical Phillips does with all that uh, data. Yeah, because I was gonna say they have some prime acreage. I mean, some of it is fringe in the Midland Basin, but on in the Delaware side, they got some really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually reading up on it because um, a couple months ago, Concho came and did interviews at OSU, mm -hmm. and uh, I got thankfully got selected to to do an interview with him, but uh, never amounted to anything. So I don't know if you know it had something to do with them getting folded up with Conoco, or I they just didn't want me. But nah, yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. It's an interesting time. I would, de I definitely say there are probably some external factors that that came into it. It wasn't just I, a you yeah. thing. I, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's interesting though, because I don't know what does Conoco. I know Conoco has some stuff in the Permian, but not a lot, if I remember right. I don't know. I, I have no idea on that one. 
Conoco Phillips Permian Basin. I, I don't even know where to go for that. We could probably bring up TGS Geo News and do Google some <laughs> things, but that'll be a that's spinning us off. Let's talk about yeah. the website. Let's go through some old PBE podcast shows and the conception of this thing. Get where you were kind of getting cap captivated by. I brought back the Icon Live T-shirt. Where's my load? There it is. I'm playing off the TV, so it's kind of weird. Uh, bang, brought that back from, <laughs> from Ertek and from SEG. Uh, so those shows are interesting, man. That was, uh, that was, you know, very, very unique for us to sit down with people that we would never been able to sit down with before or in Midland. Right. So, uh, first, first opinion of the website, it's a real live feedback. The only person that I know that's actually given feedback when you go to PBE.com, is this as good as it gets? <laughs> Dude, I love the layout. You and Skip, so right on the front, right there, right in the middle. <laughs> Look at Skip. What, what was he thinking right there? Like, if you could put a <laughs> caption to that, I don't know what it would be. It was a long day. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, some people have reached out and said, you know, I'm looking for opportunity. And we, we so we developed this professional tab. And people are there that uh, lay out what they have done and what they're working on. Publications. This is one I just did kind of wild as I had this epiphany about how business and technology are related in a in a business, technology, and science. They're all related, and it's really interesting when you think about how the development of business actually works. And I related it back to Darwinism versus punctuated equilibrium and uh, and the idea of, of that. Uh, it was it's it's a pretty good little read. Then our conventions, man, and then the the live events. Are you registered for the PBE podcast? Yes, sir, I am. Yeah, Dylan. <laughs> Let's go. Let's I, go. Uh, I don't know. I when I first like I had obviously followed you guys for a while, but I, I want to say it was about less than a year ago when I started to really deep dive deep into PBE and I, I signed up and then I started just listening to the podcast relentlessly, like almost every day. And yeah. cause I, I liked them so much, you know, I was learning so much from them and all the information was, you know, uncomparable to anything else I've really ever heard. So Wow. But yeah, I checked out the website. I thought a quick comment on the page where you have, you know, people looking for opportunities. I thought that was super cool. I've never seen that before. It's like, man, that's that's prime time. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, man, I, I mean, I, as a, as a community, right? It's our responsibility to help each other out, especially people who are hungry and they want to work. It's it just makes sense. It just definitely. makes sense because people have done it for us it's our responsibility to do it for others. And then hopefully their responsibility, you know, that continues on and continues on. Cause I mean, geologists in general, I mean, we're such a tight group of individuals. I mean, not too many people are like, Hey, I'm going to dedicate six years to studying rocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and learning more about this planet. So it's, yeah. If, if, if there's someone who's hungry and someone who, you know, we can help out, we're going to help them out. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. What'd you think of the Mars uh, presentation we we threw out there? Did you watch that Mars one? Um, you know, Mar I tuned in. I think I tuned into the. It was live, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I tuned into. Uh, yeah, I did tune into that. Right. It was super informative. You know, um, I didn't. I haven't really studied anything about Mars, so I learned a lot from that as well. Super interesting to hear. You know, Stan's take on everything, dude. Super <laughs> smart, dude. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, it blew my like, mind, honestly. You know, uh, it's yeah. daily. Had me googling me. stuff and <laughs> me googling yeah. shit. I, that's where I made a post that kind of had uh, some decent likes, and I said, if you can Google it. Or no, if you can't Google it, it's probably true. And that came because fucking Stan. I sit across from this guy and I'm trying to understand all this science and he's throwing stuff out there and I try to Google it and it's like, Google can't answer some shit that he's talking about. And I'm like, what is that? You know, like that, that's, it was an interesting little uh, take on that. Anyway, so cool, man. Yeah, we threw out some live events. We definitely want to bring those back because... You know, we, 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 we set out for 2020 to ultimately create live events that are in person, similar to like SCG or Ertec, yeah. but obviously smaller scale. PBE podcast was going to team up with these companies. They, there was a lot of excitement around the podcast. There was a lot of excitement about delivering this information and delivering people's uh, services and tools and technology like it's a it's a wonderful platform to really try to bring some value and and not waste time just kind of joking around and uh you know just you know not really talking about much so we, we really wanted to do that and there was a lot of excitement we did our only live event in midland at the end of 2019 had an absolute torrential downpour of rain it was literally like four feet of water outside the door and people still showed up. We had like 30, 40 people still roll in free food and beer. Cause of biota. You remember that Skippo? Oh man, that was a great night. Oh, <laughs> dude. I wish we could do more of those. Cause I mean, in reality, that's where, you know, like we were talking about, that's where ideas are shared, you know, properly, right? Not on, you know, not during these, you know, 20 minute presentations, five minutes of questions. It's, you know, a 20 minute presentation and then an hour of questions. Like that's oh. when, you know, solutions are found, not, you know, you scrambling to jot down notes. And by the time the session's over and you can ask the questions you want, you forgot about the talk. Yep. Yep. But, and yeah. uh, we brought some controversy. We brought in Stan himself in, in December and said, hey, man, he's got some different ways of thinking about some things. And when people are arguing and people are saying, you know, nah, fuck that. You're out to lunch. Yeah. That, that's, when pe that's when shit's actually being discovered. That's when things are actually getting moved forward. It's, it's mm -hmm. in disagreement that we can make the most progress. If we're all standing around and laughing at each other's jokes and saying how great everybody's doing and nobody has anything controversial about any of these things, we're not really talking about something that's exciting people to the point of saying, no, I think you're wrong. And you're like, oh, you do? Let's talk about it. Let's lay out the data. Let's debate and let's drag it out. I thought that that's kind of what, that's exactly what happened at the end of that. Oh event, yeah. By the way. And it was fun, man. And, and we're still Still all friends we're still all moving forward it was fun it was educational it was exciting and and we were done it was great <laughs> but we can't do that now we have to do yeah, this now we can't do that anymore yeah, yeah <laughs> especially now <laughs> and now these live events are digital and uh we try to we, we do our best with uh with trying to keep them entertaining and engaging and and there's still definitely some companies out there man that are like hey 2021 is looking good we want to get out there we want to you know team up and and keep keep this going you know it's it's because of people like you you know you're a real life geoscientist trying to figure things out and moving forward and a good guy and you're saying man i, I enjoy listening to the podcast because there's good information and we enjoy making them because we're learning on the fly man and we're we're comfortable enough to do it live <laughs> you guys like to have fun with it too yeah man 
Yes. So episode zero. Skip. Look at Skip's mustache. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Where where are we? Are are we on the just the podcast page? Oh, there it is. Oh, good God. That thing was disgusting. I had I had some hair left as it was lose as I was losing it. <laughs> Dude, that's before you committed to the full Joe Rogan. <laughs> Oh, man. And then, you know, just like you said, Dylan, we had some great guests that were local legends and local professionals that were on the front lines of innovation, the front lines mm -hmm. of figuring this stuff out, and they were willing to come on the show. Mm -hmm. Dude, Dave Cannon, episode one, are you kidding me? <laughs> that that right there blew my mind. But uh, I want to throw this in. I had a, uh, I think it, I can't remember what it was with. I think it was GSA. I was going to do a resume workshop with dave cannon one-on-one -on -one. and he backed out at the last minute oh man oh oh man he's, oh, he's a busy man when, which, yeah, was I this assume, gsa but, last year or was this two no, years this, ago? this this year oh wow yeah i saw uh when is gsa that's it was like i want to say october okay yeah Where, was, was that all digital this year yeah it was okay i figured but I mean, it would be some geologist that would try to pull something off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I mean, no shade on, on Dave. I just was excited mm -hmm. to get to talk to him one-on-one -on -one and get his opinions. Yeah. Oh, and I got to work with him on the uh, West Texas Geological Society. We did fifth grade geoscience for a day. And I ran that program for like three years or whatever. I helped run it. WCGS already had it established for like, 15 years or whatever but we upgraded the presentation for the first time and it was me and dave that teamed up and it was really dave that you know really put forward this you know a new way to deliver the kind of the same old information uh but it was very fascinating man and working with that dude and becoming friends with him man that was incredible incredible the guy is is something else he's on another level and yeah uh, and he's a good dude and now i, I noticed he did something with uh penn state obviously he's a Nittany, Nittany Tiger, is that what they're called? Lion. Nittany Lion. Ah, Lion. Sorry, Dave. Uh, anyway, <laughs> he, but it was something along these lines. He's working with undergrads and graduate students about, you know, getting prepared and making that transition into the, you know, the real world, the the experience, the business world. And that's, you know, that that's why this symposium exists. UTPB Geoscience Symposium, which we did a show on. Skips was presenting. Skips is obviously a legend at the school as he basically won the IBA competition for UTPB and he, he just he did a great thesis a lot of good things at UTPB so that was a cool show just talking about that and and the symposium that's really focused on how you make this transition to the business world to get a job you know and, and staying focused on the front lines of things that really bring value to the companies and so that was cool ronco and adam dude that was the first like this is just completely loose in the stand <laughs> and we have to edit this show down to 30 minutes from three hours <laughs> i was gonna say that uh that that uh, came to mind whenever you're talking about you know you know arguing it out you know there oh, was yeah. a lot of it seemed like there was not arguing on this on that show but just ronco man <laughs> he, he has he has his opinions Oh yeah. oh yeah we brought the campfire to the show for sure yeah <laughs> and you're right Skippo's absolutely right we we had to look at the studio engineer and say dude i don't think we're gonna cut it in two hours he's like i'm willing to stay for another hour <laughs> we paid for another hour and we didn't use any of it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
it's, it's just all stored away somewhere. <laughs> so does uh, so does OSU? Do they have their own geoscience symposium? So <clears throat> something that uh, I think would be along the lines of of what you're talking about here is um, we have this thing called Tech Fest, and mm-hmm. it's basically we we bring in you know a bunch of companies, uh, oil and gas companies. Um, now they're think they're talking about including environmental companies they come in and um everyone presents their research you know you have posters all around we have this um on campus we have this place uh, that's called the conoco phillips alumni center Mm -hmm. big nice center we have a dinner and we have a a keynote speaker you know i think this year it's going to be rick fritz the president of aapg Mm -hmm. um i don't know what platform we're going to use but yeah that's um Usually it's obviously in person. We have a dinner, all these companies come together, view the research and hand out business cards and whatnot. Yeah. Those moments are gold, man. That's, that's where you meet people, you shake hands and that's where you begin to build that network. Yeah. I mean, never take it for, and like, I know I was super shy when I like started, but then like, you just gotta be like, Hey, you just gotta go up to this person. Worst case scenario, they say they're busy and you walk away. Right. And, but for the most part, 99.9% of people are like, like, Oh yeah, come on in. Like, tell me about yourself. That's true. But that's not exactly, it's true what you said, but it's not exactly true what you said. Worst case yeah. scenario, you meet Ronco <laughs> the first day. <laughs> the first and you just day. get talked down to for like a solid hour and a half. <laughs> Is that when you uh, met him at the bar or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. It was, uh, it was an hour of him just basically telling me that <laughs> like I didn't have enough to like make it out here. So, <laughs> which i appreciated it fired me up yeah, so, no, for sure. yeah. that's right Get some people going. yeah that's right some people can metabolize that and recycle it into motivation some people don't quite have the skin for that and yeah. they you know it, it happens so and then we go to ace that was cool brett dixon man that's a that was a really interesting show to bring on somebody that had that worldwide experience and he's yeah he's he's very articulate and it was it was good man lev vernick came on talking about carriagin and how they're mapping this thing how they see it in seismic data they're like i don't know that's a seismic response that's telling us you have high toc you have high carriagin in this system and then their idea of all right if you have high carriagin and porosity so if you can make a porosity map and a high carriagin map and you overlap those those maps and where you meet, right? When those two blobs come together and make a new color, <laughs> that, that seems to have some interesting results. Yeah. Some rock. high level rock physics, definitely out of my pay grade, but yeah, some phenomenal stuff from Lev, especially his story about, I mean, totally off the carriage and subject, but him talking about drilling, uh, being a part of that team that drilled the deep as well. Right, like dude. and core in that whole thing. I mean, a five-story library of core <laughs> of from one well, <laughs> freaking igneous rocks, basically. Yeah, but, and basically having their entire hypothesis flipped. Like that yeah. was the other crazy thing, dude. Amazing, amazing experience for him, and just a great guy. Rebecca Dodge came in and told us, you know, hey, you know, surf the surface shows us a ton of what's potentially going on in the subsurface and she, mm. that was a, that was a cool show stony man i mean going back dog, and dog. Steve dog. 
man, Aaron Close with the 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 database and big data stuff. Ryan West, completions engineer. Any of those that drop out for you, Dylan? So yeah, the obviously the Steve Jumper um, episode. I mean, they they're all good in their own regard. That's that's the awesome thing. Um, Aaron Close, he just blew my mind, you know, with pretty much everything he said. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then, dude, this is it, man. This is when we made our first <laughs> fatal attempt of going live to show. live <laughs> shows, going to these events, sitting at this booth. You know, the cartoon of what the booth looked like. I was like, oh, what the? This is going to be like lights and a stage. And we show up and it's like. The intern's desk (laughs) with PBE logos on it. But at the end of the day, they allowed us to put our equipment in there. We finagled it in. We brought our studio engineer. And we got to sit down with Dr. Susan Nash, for example, legendary AAPG uh, associate and everything else she does as as just an interviewer and a PhD. She's, She's really, really bright, really great questions. That was cool. Any of these shows from uh, Urtech that stand out? Well, that's Isaac. Let's go. Oh, I see what we did there. Yeah, this is us just not knowing what we're doing. Um, yeah, definitely about... Lev. I mean, he he always does, but uh, he just has such a wealth of knowledge, you know. And like you were talking about that, the deepest well they drilled. I had to go Google Google about that because that blew my mind. I had never heard of that well or that you know what they had going on there. Oh man, not even just the a... or anything. Just deep, crazy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the old uh, story that someone says is the uh, the workers, the hands that were, you know, swipping, uh, switching pipe and doing all that stuff at the rig. They said you could hear uh, the demons because they were drilling so deep they could hear the demons coming from hell. That's what the, an old myth of uh, <laughs> drilling the deepest well, I guess. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine what you're encountering at depths like that. <laughs> all right then dan pickering that actually happened after we made the move and we started this transition to you know the next level as the industry was kind of managing its way mm-hmm. into what it became and and i i moved to arizona but we came back for that live event this is the day after the live event where we're all arguing and talking about rocks dan pickering came in and man he has a phenomenal plan to uh to, to potentially make a major win in the permian basin I mean, he's winning right now. He hedged at fifty dollars, so he's been making fifty dollars a barrel since you know that downturn since the oil price war in January. So, I mean, like he said, you you hedge, you look at your PDP, and then you're going to make your return on investment in the long run. And he is. Yep. Mad respect. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the dude knows what he's doing. He's working with uh, with Henry Petroleum, which is. A long-lasting company in West Texas and in the Midland area, and I mean that's that's pretty cool. Somebody, definitely someone, obviously to keep an eye on and send a resume to and talk to, reach out to, say, hey, I'm here to help. If you have anything, and and that that hungry guy will always get a fair shake for the opportunity, uh, even over the guys that are just highly decorated with all the things you can have in school. If you're the guy that's calling, you're the guy emailing and just being humble and and just saying I. You know, I just really want the opportunity. That goes a long ways, man. So that's a company to to hang out with. Bruce Carr, dude, the uh, the geophysics coming off the Midland Basin. 
Wow, mm -hmm. man. He talked about just that increase in fold, the increase, just all that data that's coming back from that shoot was insane to think about. Yeah, that, that really interests me because I had in undergrad, I had quite a bit of background in seismic, you know, interpretation and processing and stuff like that. So that just blew my mind, you know. I'd, it'd be interesting to see some of that data. Oh, yeah. I was trying to talk him into letting PBE have a copy of it, get that segue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dude, no way. <laughs> Out of the budget. Kind of. Ah, COVID and everything getting out. I don't know. <laughs> That's not going anywhere. Uh, but you bring up something interesting about seismic and processing. You know, this idea of, of noise and that when the signal is disrupted and you're not getting back an image, you know, what's causing that? Is it is it geology causing the reflectors to not show up and it's and we're not getting resolution there? Or is it geology? And so where I'm going with that, and how does processing actually work? If you just give us a high level little idea of, you know, how do you fix something that's sending back a very odd signal? But mud volcanism is this idea that you have energy coming from the deep and it's just, it's an energy disruption. It has methane, it has fluids, it has oil and gas, it has a lot of energy in it. So when you see these plumes in the subsurface, are we, are we, are we overanalyzing the thing and overprocessing potentially the real geology that's coming up? And my idea is an energy problem as we shake and send energy into the subsurface. If there's energy coming back and going up, then that's how the noise, that's how the signal is canceling out. It's 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 muting the signal because there's an energy disruption in the thing. But talk to, talk to us a little bit about what you learned about processing. So I just want to say I didn't learn a ton about processing. Most of what I did was interf, but I think, yeah, I definitely agree. I think there should, you know, there's a happy medium there to where you should let the geology talk to you and not mm -hmm. overprocess things too much. Because yeah. uh, that's something that we talked about quite a bit um, in my seismic classes. You know, you you want to process things just enough. You don't you don't want to mute the geology that you have there. So I think. I don't know a ton about it, but I think there's definitely a happy medium there that you need yeah. to look for. Yeah. Like when you're applying those filters to the seismic data, right? Cause like you're trying to improve that signal to noise ratio, right. In order to, what is it? It's the achieve uh, deconvolution within the data. Cause you'll see people at, you know, these talks where, you know, they're talking about these new seismic processing techniques, blah, blah, blah. And they're using either machine learning or like these high level filters. And it's like, everything looks super smooth, super crispy. And you're like, wow, that looks great. But like, how much did we lose from this? Like how much of the geology did you take away? And it's not a knock on like processing because it is part of the, it is the geologist's responsibility to be in the room talking about how that seismic data does get processed. But, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm going to keep talking. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is just like that processing side, especially and not a knock against geophysicists, but if they don't have a solid background in geology, then you can lose a lot of really good data that could make or break a play. Right. right? Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree. And that comes back to the understanding, you know, you don't want to be just a geophysicist. You don't want to mm -hmm. be just a geochemist. You want to have a solid background in geology that you can apply to things yeah. like geophysics. So you know that 
if you have this type of structure, then if you're processing it too much and you're losing part of it, then it could be a key, you know, piece of that data. So for your thesis in your data set area, do you have seismic data over that whole thing? <laughs> no, um, it's kind of <laughs> sad right now. I, I really don't have much. Um, so one of the key things um, for me to get data is it's a, it's a core lab called OPIC and Norman. And it's, I, I don't know who, who uh, oversees it, maybe the OGS or something, but it's a giant core lab where you can go view core and. Is it OPIC? O-P-I-C, OPIC. No. But um, that's where um, I've been looking through the database, trying to see if they have, you know, core that I would be willing to look at for my area. So mm -hmm. I'll eventually go look at core there whenever they open it up. And other than that, you know, they, they have it closed right now because of COVID. And yeah, I don't have any well logs or anything yet. So I've just been reading theses and doing as much as I can in yeah. that avenue, just reading up on my topic. Yeah, get as much background information as you can before you delve into the weeds. Yeah, and the other thing that I would suggest maybe is see what operators are in the area and see what they'd be willing to, you know, lend you for your thesis, right? Be like, hey, I know you're not doing, I know you're definitely not doing any kind of high level, you know, geoscience or any kind of research and development right now. Yeah. Let me do that for you. Give me wow. your data. Wow. Exactly. And that, that's yeah. been another thought as well, you know, yeah. so I just need to reach and, out to and some like, operators. Yeah, exactly. And then that's just another way to get your foot in the door, right? Because as much as you want to like, that's another way to approach your thesis, as much as you want to just delve into the weeds and like, you know, go into like these really specific rabbit holes, you also have to remember that it's a sales pitch for yourself, right? So when you go to an operator, you're like, oh, I did a thesis on these really cool looking fossils. And like I talked about the functional morphology of them. But if you don't understand how that can be applied to an oil company, then what was the point at the end of the day? Yeah. Not to say it was worthless, but it's like, where do you see yourself and how can I structure my thesis in order to get to that place? Man. No, definitely. That's really yeah. good. And, and in that ask, you got to have like a comfortable way to explain to them that you're working on something that no one else has done, right? For the first time, it's you collecting everything and it's you coming up with some ideas on how you could potentially make their acreage worth a lot more than they currently think it's worth. That's mm -hmm. our goal as geoscientists. And so get that story in there. Reach out to those operators. There's a lot of free sources out there that al allow you to look at a map and you can and look at it spatially and you click on a wellbore and it says like what company at least is the operator. You know, find those resources and bang, you just come up with a list of, of operators and get to the phone book, man, or Google. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Let me talk yeah, to your exploration another... manager. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. That's a, and that's another resource that I've been kind of looking at. Uh, uh, we have the Oklahoma Corporation Commission has like mm -hmm. all the drilling reports and completion reports and mm -hmm. spuds and whatnot that you can look at online. So, yeah, and recently too, that data is a lot better. I know some of that older stuff from the OCC is kind of. I mean, you you got to do some uh, some data management on it before you can use it. But I mean, the data is yeah. there. There's something there. <laughs> there's something there. I can't promise you what it is, but there's something there. <laughs> Nothing against Oklahoma, but dang, that oil and gas database is roughy. Yeah. Uh, shout out. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I kind of saw that firsthand working at Reagan Smith because we did a lot of, you know, regulatory and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Shout out to my father-in-law, the driller. We did a show with him. That was fun. And then here's the rest of Urtech. Brian Bottom, man, that guy's great. He's got Dude. some interesting ideas, man. Like, uh, so supposedly there's this thing called uh, the Buddha Gate, something like that. I saw it on on LinkedIn from, uh, I don't remember the the uh, the wild, digital wildcatters, and they they said uh, EOG is announcing that there's or they they might have this like this mysterious play that's like totally changing the game, and it's in the Buddha. Is uh, is the this kind of story that's that's hitting and uh, and Brian Bottoms is you know he's at uh, Dietring and he's that guy's he's a smart dude he's he's keeping up on all that stuff so I would go to him and ask him what he thinks on all that stuff. Hanton, Christoph Stork, Dylan Danos, this is all Urtech man. That was fun. Yeah, was hell of an experience. Steve Wilson from Apache, that was cool. I got a little yeah. weird talking about how we're, you know, semi-civilized humans with baseball caps. <laughs> we're just trying to figure shit out. We're barely out of the jungle, and now we're applying all these machines and, you know, this amazing technology, and we don't even understand, you know, <laughs> the mm -hmm. base. Anyways, that was a little curveball for him. <laughs> uh, and then, bang, that was the last real show we did in the studio in midland man that's that's my wife jocelyn her dad talking about drilling dude the uh the amazing experience and that you know you don't learn that you don't you can't sit down and read a book about what it takes to become a man like him that knows how to you know get the respect without even speaking yet from a crew that he's never met and how to put a hole in the ground and how to keep it stable and how to organize all that stuff you yeah. got it. that is is earned man that's what yeah. i learned from that show yeah i loved that show and you know just kind of the classic start from the bottom and you know make it to the top you know yeah i i just thought it was interesting you know because as geologists or at least i don't know a ton about you know what goes into the drilling side so right yeah and all the logistics behind it that is yeah it is it's exactly. its own world within itself it's mm -hmm. it's really amazing to you know sitting down and then when something when a problem does come up having the ability to you know figure it out to get back to drilling as soon as possible because every minute that rig is not drilling you are losing a large amount of money yeah that's Definitely. simple economics simple economics. <laughs> simple oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this was uh, Erdos Miller man the engineering drilling technology this is our first show trying it all digital and man we started learning real quick that there is all kinds of other problems when you leave a studio that you know millions of dollars goes into this studio and they rented us the equipment so it was manageable now it's our equipment their equipment everyone in different time zones like that started opening up a can of worms on you know how is this actually gonna you know be be a thing so we do all that and i have all this seg stuff that's just piled up we we talk with Pagel and uh, and Doctor Roche and Doctor Cena. I remember these Skippo, the three Musketeers, oh, yeah. Chad and Olga. I mean, dude, SEG 2019, uh, one of the best freaking memories that I have. No, oh, yeah, oh yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, we were banging them out like I felt like every hour or so. But it was yeah, the the people we met and the amount I learned in that three-day span was unreal yep. so were you guys just uh grabbing people as they walked by or 
We teamed How'd up you with go about that. Bang bang. Okay. Icon Science. Uh, they obviously had huge shout out. <laughs> yeah, huge shout out. Uh, hey, they made us a shirt, man. They even put our logo on the sleeve. <laughs> That's legit. Uh, they, I mean, at the end of the day, they stuck stacked up a ton of talks, and we we're going, wow, this is a full time job. You know what I mean? But I mean, it was it was great. And in, 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 in retrospect, and in all things considered, uh, an unbelievable opportunity, a win win for for both companies. And uh, and and they they set up a lot of these shows. We did too. We we had some yeah. back and forth on the emails and what we would talk about. And you know, there's there's a lot of setup in in all this stuff. Not as you're experiencing, we're just like called you and like, let's do a show. <laughs> no, I figured. Yeah. But, uh, to get into the weeds with each of these guys and, and understand that, you know, what are they focusing on and what can, what value are they, can we get out of them with the right questions? You know, a lot, a lot of thought goes into that stuff and I hope it came out that way, man. I mean, we had fun. There's some, definitely some interesting stuff in each one of those shows. No, it, you know, it was, it was set up very well and, you know, is there's so much structure to it, but it's still fun. Yep. And mm -hmm. man, just like that, we're it, we're basically done with SCG. We started releasing these shows. Susan Morris, Anglia Sweet. We did this product uh, review with LAS Works. That was pretty interesting as they were providing that, uh, the, that software for free. So if you just happen to have a bunch of LAS files, like if you're working uh, the Bakken, in uh in wyoming i guess las is like a standard like you have to submit an las file to the state so you don't just get the raster like railroad commission actual las file that's pretty cool now you got the ability to take digitized logs and that free software and you could you could stack them all up look at them they have uh yeah. you know a way to view the logs i mean it, it's it's a good a hell of a tool yeah definitely a time saver yeah, for a thesis too. If you're pulling a ton yeah. of logs from the OCC, and I mean, wow. granted, you, I, you're probably gonna have to digitize some rasters, but I mean, yeah, having a way to organize them and and view logs easily that that's gonna be a huge, huge plus. And yeah, standardize them so whatever you know software you use in order to interpret them, like that'll be big time. Definitely, yeah. <clears throat> I know uh, from okay. my experience. Uh, we did quite a bit of work in Wyoming and they're just kind of, uh, you know, above everyone in terms of like regulatory and kind of the things that they do in, in that term. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting that you say that really interesting. Um, so Neil Turluck and, uh, and, uh, what the heck Bitcoin digital currency. <laughs> oh my gosh. I had to listen to some of that stuff a few times. <laughs> Big, I'm, I'm still lost on mind. it I'm, I'm still lost on it but <laughs> tell us something about bitcoin dylan what'd you get from that show i can't tell you much man <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i wish i could i, I have do. a bunch of friends that are into it you know um, yep. hey i'll tell you mine it i'll tell you this uh the the so we got involved in some mining opportunities and and selling this stuff to investment groups and one of the options was do you accept digital currency for the opportunity and that was that was kind of eye-opening to me they're like all right so you have an you have a copper plate you want to sell cool here's you know here's some paperwork and bang it was like 10 or 12 different types of currency too and you could check if you wanted just bitcoin or if you accept them all and of course we're like 
send them all <laughs> a little bit of each i don't know i don't That's know awesome. i'm open to the opportunity uh bell geospace that one was cool man cole murphy wow going through those imagery imagery that bell geospace is putting together of the subsurface of the yeah. deep subsurface so that was it for me learning more about the deep and how this integration between mantle geology and crust geology is connected and there's a process there that's exactly what that company is seeing they got a huge database of that deep look of our planet that's right up you know right below the crust and so i, I was blown away on all kinds of stuff there mm -hmm. yeah, yeah that was stuff. yeah that was probably one of my favorite shows just because how underutilized grab mag is as far as you know a way to view the subsurface and as a first look i think it's the best way to go about it even more so than seismic Yep, because you'll have a, a very good understanding of what structures you're going to be seeing. So when you do look at the seismic data, there isn't a like question of what is this? What is, like, all right, is this fault, you know, truncating here or is it still going? Or are we seeing lateral movement on it? Like looking at it, a large scale grab mag and then zooming in with the seismic is definitely, in my opinion, the way, you know, a data or an area needs to be interpreted. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. I just want to throw in I. uh one of the first grab mag images that I saw was of the Anadarko basin and it was just so detailed and so widespread. It was it blew my mind how much you could see in the data. So wow. it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, spot on, man. So this is the last page of the rest of our podcast. We got uh, the latest show with Dr. Scott Tinker and we'll, we'll just wrap up the conception part of the show with Dylan. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's interesting how it's developed into what it is now. And, and we're thankful without question to still have the opportunity to keep talking about the things that we talk about, even through this digital platform. It uh, it still works. And, and these live shows, that's the one Brian Scott about energy transformation, which we can get into the completion part of the show. Really interested in what you think on that kind of where this is going in your in your perspective, Dylan uh this plasmara energy man that eor technology heating the reservoir specifically the temperature increase when you're starting to produce this stuff instead of just depressurizing and cooling and just letting the thing do its thing you got to put some energy back into these systems and that's yeah. a really really interesting technology what yeah i just want to say that was one of my favorites i think um as far as maybe over all of the podcasts i just found it super interesting and uh, one thing that I, I'm working on a project right now for the Powder River, and one big thing up there is, you know, uh, basement hotspots control a lot of the production. So heat is good. Mm -hmm. It's good. Great observation, Dylan. Great observation. Uh, the fourth rock type, are you kidding me? We, we, uh, <laughs> we talked about a fourth rock type. We did that. Uh, highly inspired, <laughs> reached out through this platform called, uh, it's not alignable. It's uh, it's basically like a LinkedIn for podcasters, essentially. And I'm just like, ah, oh, why not? Just you know, put in our information. Took the time, and they reached out. They're like, hey, this looks pretty interesting. We're just kind of average business folks, but you know, we haven't done anything with geology. We don't mu know much about it. And they asked me and Skips to get. It. Have you heard this show? Yeah, I I, I really liked it. You know, it uh, gives you a, a great um, overview of kind of what you guys are trying to do. So I thought that was, you know, great for, for the show. Right on, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
WTGA, the first experience for me of, of a full virtual symposium after going almost six years of industry and Ertech and SEG, ACE, the WTGS Fall Symposium, where it's exactly where I cut my teeth. Yep. Did it all digital, man. That was it was interesting. They they pulled it off for sure, but it you know, it's it's a interesting twist. I don't know. How that, was that? I, the, oh. Go ahead, Troy. No, I didn't say anything. You guys were speaking over each other. What, what, what was the question? Oh, sorry, I was, I was just asking how how was that WTS WTGS Fall Symposium? Oh, okay, yeah, no, it was cool, man. I mean, it was a lot of the uh, like big ideas and surface uh, service companies. Uh, so nothing really, you know, major dropped out as far as anything besides a a talk that came from the. Uh, the company Drillco company, I think it was, or somebody like that. And he was talking about what it's taking, you know, where they're going with their money and what it's going to take to get money back into the Permian and back into drilling and all that stuff. Yeah. That was in, that was pretty important for me to hear. Yeah, that's interesting. I was just curious because I attended the SEG and then the ACE and, you know, it's, those places are kind of, you know, very important to geologists and just interesting to see how it's done on an online platform. Yeah. So I'm just curious. It's been uh, interesting to see how they've been, uh, you know, because once this first started going digital, right, everyone's trying to figure it out. What's the best way? Can we do these symposiums like totally virtual, right? Do we have people send in videos of them doing their presentation or do we have them just do live presentations that we record blah, blah, blah. It's, it's so, yeah, it's, it's been interesting to see how this has kind of progressed through the year. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting for sure. Uh, you know, the biggest problem is, is for the service companies, I think, and for the yeah. people that are trying to make new connections, new relationships, new meetings and stuff like that. I can't imagine that it, it, that is really, really challenging. And there's there, you know, they tried, I, I thought, what I heard anyway in the interview that I did with the WTGS people that you had the ability to say, Hey, you know, Dave Cannon, what's up, man? Long time. No, see, you know, you want to catch up and you had the opportunity to create a room if you wanted to like custom rooms with people and then bang, you're in this digital room at the event kind of that allowed you to kind of create those meetings and some, you know, some synergy there, but I couldn't figure either. I couldn't figure it out or I, I got the information wrong, which yeah. is, you know, both of them are, are highly likely. <laughs> well, that's definitely a, a good tool, you know, at least to get you somewhere to where you can have that one-on-one -on -one conversation. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, they did a big, a big thing on the scoreboard. You can go to like, if you went to everyone's digital business card and, and linked up with them, if you sent a message, you got points for like anything you did on the platform. And I talked all kinds of shit. Talking about how I was gonna win this thing, and I'd be asking all these questions. Well, you only had like ten points you could possibly get for asking questions, which is that's just what I do. So I'm asking questions like every talk, and then I maxed out my points, and everybody else just hundreds of points ahead of me. I'm like, how the hell are they doing this, man? I mean, so I, I kind of shit the bed on that. <laughs> that's a surprise. I I feel like you were like meant for that. <laughs> yeah dude Quite you're like alley. the you're like the linkedin machine <laughs> uh, uh -uh. not uh yeah not yeah. the case 
Paul Devine. I mean, they, I, yeah, I definitely think the WTGS did a great job, you know, going digital, but still it's, dude, that's one of my favorite conferences to go to like more so than I'd hate to say it. than like the bigger, you know, national conferences, it's like those small little like ACE or uh, not ACE, but like Southwest section and WTGS are probably two of my favorite conferences to go to. Yeah just because you get into the weeds and I like that smaller environment too. Yeah. 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 We're just not, you're not overwhelmed with like 30 talks you want to go to at the same time. And then like an oral presentation that you want to go to. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Ertech, SEG, those, uh, very overwhelming. Yeah. The scheduling on those, uh, so yeah, Paul Devine, Rudolph Uber, this is getting into the, the latest and greatest. We did the David Ramsden wood fiasco, uh, and then we did another a quick live show. Oh God! <laughs> Katie Fry, that was awesome out of Oxy. She was good. Yeah, then- I was bummed I missed that one. I just didn't have the reception on the road. Yeah, that's right. You're up in Montana. Yeah, looking at rocks. <laughs> to end the conception part of the show, I would say this show right here with Tim Powell really opening up our minds and ideas to what money is actually moving right now. Very, very important. This I don't care if you're a publicly trading company, a mon pa, I don't care what it is. If you are a company and you have the ability to say, I'm getting more efficient with what I do specifically into you know my footprint of creating carbon, if you can do that, it, it, you have the ability to get some serious funding out of the ESG folks, man. That's a major money pot right now and and people need to focus on that in my opinion yeah definitely i thought it was a great show um he reminds me oh who does he look like uh what's his name vince vaughn vince vaughn Vaughn, yeah (laughs) talks he kind of talks like him too yeah he's got like this nonchalant demeanor to him it's Mm -hmm. i i I was digging it i was digging it yeah no definitely very smooth Mm-hmm. Well, you got to stay connected to the oil and gas council, man. I I signed up immediately. I get their emails. They they do panels and stuff. I mean, very interesting mm-hmm. stuff and a lot of experience. And that guy helping to run that program, you can see why it's you know it's successful and why it's moving forward and, and having some value. So, well, man, I think we made it. We made it through all the shows, the old stuff, the new stuff. Why I'm wearing this shirt? It's all been covered. <laughs> <laughs> we we're locked up with whiskey we're ready for the drill down <laughs> section of this show dylan are you ready i'm ready skippo let's dive into it <laughs> all right man well obviously uh it's been it's been fun man this is definitely one of the more relaxed and fun uh shows that we've done and getting your perspective eventually in the conception part of the show of kind of where you're at with uh, with your graduate degree where you think think things are going how opportunities are looking for you but before then you know one of the things that's really interesting to kind of get a get a little more insight on and think about is you know how was your internship recently how was the vibe with the COVID experience and being digital and what was the focus of the company? How were, you know, what, what was going on with your experience in this internship? So, um, my internship, uh, was actually at the end of my undergrad semester or is during my undergrad last semester. Mm -hmm. Um, so this past year with COVID, um, we did a, it was, 
interesting because they really pushed for, you know, us being in, in the office and, and working. Um, but we did do a lot of working from home. We, uh, you know, collaborated through teams and whatnot. And it's nice because with what we, what we do, a lot of it can be done from home. Um, you know, there's some collaboration that you need to have between your coworkers, which is, we, you know, great. That's where teams comes in. So yeah, we utilize teams and, uh, it really worked out pretty well for the most part. Uh, we didn't have very many projects going on as you can assume, but, uh, I was working on some interesting projects. So, uh, one of the things that I did at Reagan Smith was I conducted GPR surveys, ground penetrating radar surveys. So say you have some Indian land that you're wanting to drill a well on and an elder comes forward and tells you that you have a potential burial ground there where they're wanting to drill this well. So I come in with my little GPR machine and scan the area and uh, take it back and analyze the data. And most of the time, uh, or some of the time, it would come back, you know, with actual unmarked burials, which was really interesting to see Whoa, and kind gnarly. of be a part of, you know, the history and finding those and delineating them. And then subsequently, you know, them setting up some kind of area, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so what exactly is like GPR? Cause I, I've never heard of it. So it's, you said it's ground penetrating radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. Like what exactly is that imaging? It's, it's using uh, eddy current to, it sends down a current electrical current. Um, I think the one I was using is like a 400 uh, megahertz antenna. So mm-hmm. you have a, uh, scope of about six to eight feet i want to say six to ten feet maybe a little more Mm -hmm. but uh it's pretty it's high quality imaging basically um high frequency okay and you can see things that are very detailed it's used a lot of time uh for construction sites to locate like rebar and certain structural things on construction sites but okay. a lot of recently it's been used to delineate graves. Whoa. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. Does it come back with the shape? You're looking at like, well, there's like a boxed shape here, like a, you know. A... Yeah. So you get back uh, what's called an anomaly. And, um, you know, it's just an anomaly in, in the data. It's kind of like a hyper, it, it is a hyperbola in the data. And that kind of marks, you know, you can see uh, your width. And you can create a 3D image. It's, it's, you know, you get, you get a 2D outlay um, instantly. It's the data is showed to you instantly. There's no processing to it. You can take it back and process it, you know, however much you want in the software that uh, you can buy from the company. But the data is there instantly as soon as you, you, you know, scan it. It's like a little lawnmower. You basically Mm -hmm. just walk with it and, and scan the ground. That's uh, awesome. What do you use to image it? So like you're collecting this data, but what software do you guys use to image it? So it's called a GSSI um, Radan 7 or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's just a software that the company offers. 
um, GSSI stands for like uh, geophysical systems, something I can't remember, but it's a, uh, yeah, it's a software they offer and you can manipulate the data, do certain things with it and yeah. clean it up, stuff like that. Dude, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. So did, were you able to find places where you could drill? Has that ended up what happened they're like, all right, we, we just got to move the rig 15 feet over and we're good to go. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, one of one of the instances was it was for, I think, uh, a pond they wanted to build for, you know, um, for fracking. So they just moved mm. it. Yep. Yep. Interesting. So the uh, what's the name? Rager. What is it? Rager Reagan Sa Smith Energy mm. Solutions. Reagan Smith Energy Solutions. It's a it's a uh, it's a consulting firm or is that what? Yeah, it's a cons it's a consulting firm. So they uh, specialize in like federal um, leased lands and stuff like that. So a lot of the, a big part of what they do are uh, APDs applications for permit to drill mm -hmm. and then all, you know, archeological consulting, environmental consulting, wildlife consulting. They do all the wildlife surveys, um, mm. regulatory all stuff all up in Oklahoma. Um, where we work, we, I mean, yeah. we've done projects in Wyoming, nice. uh, New Mexico, when nice. stayed at, in Hobbs for about a week for some, uh, stakings. That was interesting. How'd you like Hobbs? <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not, no, you don't need to answer. Say, you don't need to answer. There, that, yeah. that was, yeah, I, I, I threw you under the bus on that one. Don't you answer that one. <laughs> Try the casino. <laughs> Did I try the casino? Yeah. Or you just telling me? No, oh. I did not. Well, it's an experience in itself. For sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not just for the slot machines. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it would seem like a very interesting place. I will say that. Oh yeah, no question about it. the history. There is just uh, there. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. Uh, it's uh, no good save. Really, good save. Really interesting. Uh, really interesting uh, experience that you were able to do that and and dealing with the. Uh, the uh the reservation lands yeah. that's something that is large you know these are large areas in air in places that have a lot of good resources under the ground so you know what an interesting development over many years between the reservation and private industry of america yeah. trying to come together i mean that's that's really interesting you you, you referenced one guy as the elder is that kind of you said the yeah, elder what, what, what what tribe was it was this with the Cheyenne Arapaho is, a, is okay. who we did most of our work for. Okay. And the elders, you know, they're just, they're a group of, of older people, you know, they, they've been around, they've heard all the legends, they've heard all the stories. So they have a general idea for the history that's gone on. So they're a good outlet that yeah. the tribe always reaches out to. Wow. I was going to say, and I know that each tribe, you know, even if you're going through the BIA, each tribe kind of has their own subset of rules. Cause like if you're working on Osage land or you're working on Pawnee land, like it's, it's just gonna, you know, there's going to be little regulatory things that are going to differ from place to place and just a whole Definitely. bunch, well, depending on where you're working, it's a bunch of rabbit holes that you got to like go down or hurdles you got to jump over. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So that, that was very interesting. And, and another aspect that I worked pretty heavily on was um, there's a company that came to us and they wanted to do a large amount of APDs up in Wyoming, Powder River Basin. 
Mm-hmm. And that was really fun because we were just cranking these suckers out for the state and, and for feds, um, fed APDs. So um, I did a lot of work on the, we built drilling programs for the APD purposes. So that was really interesting, kind of a, a little bit of geology aspect, you know, we got to see um, all the formations and um, how, how that drilling programming side kind of worked out. And, That's cool. um, you know, you're talking like pressures, you know, cement, all that casing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back build. Oh man. Yeah. That's good stuff, dude. That's drilling engineering 101 right there. So, yeah, that was, that was really fun to me. Cause I had, I had never really been a part of that aspect, you know, the drilling aspect. So right. I learned a lot. So that's mm-hmm. something good that I have under my belt, I guess. Dude, That's the kind of stuff that, you know, you're a geologist, you understand the rocks, you understand this thing called geologic time and this, you know, really big ideas and how it has an impact of the reservoir or what we're trying to do as geoscientists, what we're trying to do as an operator. But on the, on the backside of that, you've developed these uh, abilities to kind of really understand where to go when it comes to dealing with a reservation or dealing with some drilling, some yeah. basic stuff. I mean, that's, that's good, man. It's good quality stuff. Take note of that. Remind people of that. When you speak to them, when you're getting these new jobs or these opportunities, you know, it, it, it those kinds of things that just click and they go, you know what? Ah, this guy's got it. He's got the experience. Yeah. It's a little bit more. Let's 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 hire this guy. Yeah. Not only is he a geologist, but he has a fundamental understanding of the business, right? From a high level perspective, and yeah. that is worth its weight in gold. Trust me. Yep. That's speaking from experience. Skippo was hired as integration manager, and he came in. He's like, "I'm a geologist. What do I need to integrate?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you got to do. And he did. That's right. He's like, you know what? Fucking hey, I'm here, man. What do you guys need? And then he turned into a landman. <laughs> and uh, but, dude, experience and his ability to read a legal document now is on a level that I never got to fucking experience. I was on the other side of all this stuff and dealing with all the data and being drowned in a lot of the time-consuming stuff. He was reading the legal documents that is the black and white, the paper that says, "Here's the deal we're making, and don't fuck this up because if you do, it's going to cost everybody." money and it's going to cause problems skip yeah. and read that language now i mean that's worth its weight in gold like he said yeah that's valuable yeah, yeah understand we, understanding the pitfalls of, of you know of a certain operation right like when you're working on bia land like hey these are the things you need to keep in mind as far as like when we're doing right-of-ways or you know these are the things you need to keep in mind as far as royalties are concerned because there's all these little things that you know can make or break you know that you know, are we going to make, is this going to make a profit or are we going to lose it? And it could be just that one little line of subscript that you just missed that could just screw the whole operation over. Or the so. one little line that you can add that saves it, right? Oh yeah. Allows yeah. you mobility. You know, these contracts need to be built for agility, not escape. That's mm-hmm. the biggest problem in today's I think in today's business and the reality of where we are, if you really look at how the agreements are and how development of, of, of joint ventures has become, it's all about escape, man. It's not about the product you're creating. It's not about the joint venture of your values and my values coming together and that you're reliable and you're going to bring fucking 110% to this project. And so am I, it's about what's my escape. If something goes wrong and COVID hits, 
what's my escape and that's that's completely ass backwards that's and and that I think that has a lot to say of a lot of things going on right now. Yeah. Definitely. Preach. And yeah. Let's hear it. Um <laughs> we had we had a we also had a leasing department at Reagan Smith. So shout out to you because I could that stuff it just scares me, you know. There's just so much there that you gotta pay attention to and yeah. That's right. It's intense. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there were there were some long nights. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> All he wanted to do was talk about rocks. All he wanted to do was get to know the rocks better. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not how it developed, you know, perfectly for him. But you know, with that extra little work and getting his degree at the same time, he was getting fed. A lot of that curiosity was being fed on the geology side, and he had a job to do at the end of the day for you know a full time job, and he did it, man. And and he came, he he, he swam in as a tadpole, and he hopped out as a motherfucking bullfrog. <laughs> that's that's the right. Fact. That's the facts. Mm-hmm. I'll go to I'll go to town on that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man, All right. appreciate it, T. Roy. <laughs> Anything else on your internship, man? What did you? What else did you experience? What would would you want to get more of? Uh, and then you had the opportunity to sit down and get interviewed for the concho opportunity, but it sounds like that didn't go through. Yeah. So just a little, uh, one more thing about the Reagan Smith thing. Like I said we also did um, wildlife stuff, so that was real interesting. Um, one of the key projects that we worked on was this one man show, kind of uh, <clears throat> oil and gas wildcatter guy down in Texas. Um, he wanted to drill a well right in the middle of uh, the Sam Houston National Forest. So we had to go down there and do uh, red cockaded woodpecker surveys. Man, it sucked. Walking, <laughs> you got to you gotta transect, you got to watch, or you got to walk, and you have your GPS. So you're following your transect, and you got to walk straight through this <laughs> eight-foot-high blackberry bush. Straight through it. <laughs> you can't go around it. Oh man! But you know, it's just interesting to see how uh, everything that goes into drilling a well that you you don't you don't originally think of as a geologist, you know, going yeah. into it. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you, say, you tell you tell them, hey, here's here's where I want to drill, and then you ship it off to the other departments, and they have to figure out how are we going to make this happen. <laughs> you got to tr- exactly blackberry bush. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dylan's out there just like getting eaten alive by these blackberry bushes. Cussing <laughs> up and down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. That's an interesting uh, experience. I bet for sure, man. That's uh that's no joke. I got to stake claims for the first time and dude, and everybody tells me they got an intense hike. <laughs> I got you a, an intense hike, man. Go on a line you know, every 600 feet and stake these things. And you're carrying all that equipment, by the way, and getting these stakes in the ground. That is intense hiking. And it doesn't matter where that ends up. You know, this GPS is done on a Google Earth or whatever else. They don't know that that point, you know, is right on a cliff or whatever it is. And you got to you got to mess around with that stuff and you get rules, you know, you get up to 16 feet or whatever to, to get it in the right place. And you got all these rules and regulations, man. And, and yeah, we're, what you're experiencing is extrapolated in all industries. So it's good, man. You're a geoscientist 
and and you're you you have a focus and you have a vision on the fact that you are a geoscientist. You are not a petrologist, geology, or you know, let's leave geologists out of it, but petrophysicist, geophysicist. You're not a specific person. You don't want to be that. You want to be a well-rounded geoscientist, and that's going to allow you to have yeah. the ability to switch industries if you need to. If things go really bad, that's fine. You take your thesis, take what is you learn from that thesis, your experiences in these in these internships, and then when you're applying for that mining industry job or whatever the other job is, you take you know, that those specifics they're looking for and you, you share with them that you have those experience. You've dealt with that before. You're ready to do it again. Yeah, definitely. And obviously that's important now more than ever, it seems like. And I, now I'm in school doing what I always wanted to do. I'm, you know, um, doing the IBA project, doing these prospect evaluations, you know, looking at the, the oil and gas data that I've always wanted to look at. So, it's just kind of coming full circle for me. You're competing in the IBA this year? Yeah, so, well, uh, yeah, next year, 2021. Nice. But this semester, it was really cool because we did we had an IBA class. So it's a prospect evaluation class, and we did a full mm -hmm. IBA project this semester. I We presented it a couple weeks ago. There you go. Yeah. There it is. There Cheers it is. Hard work. Cheers to hard work because it's going to take a lot exactly. of work. Exactly. Yeah, it did take a lot of work. I had a really good team this semester, but it was it was super fun, you know, uh, getting to see everything that goes into it and creating this final project with all of our input and what we thought would be, you know, a good place to drill. What basin were you guys practicing on? Uh, the Cooper Basin in Australia. All right. Huh. Is that what is that, is that south southeast Australia or just south um, Australia? South Australia. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yours was uh, yours was Northern Australia, wasn't it? No, it was uh, West New Zealand. It was the Taranaki. Oh, that's right. Australia yeah. involved in the global tectonic stuff. Yeah. Taranaki. Yeah, I mean, that's where we had all of our analogs, right? Because yeah. that's, you know, that's where all the co-development happened. But yeah, dude, that Australian geology is a trip, man. It's an yeah. absolute trip. Especially the it way they fun. look at... Yeah, especially the way they look at basins. Because unlike other places where you know like we say the permian right they they break down their basins from a uh stratotectonic perspective so it could be so they'll call it like the gab so the great artesian basin but within it there are six or seven different basins that are all broken down and like hey this is a later paleozoic basin where things were deposited and they'll call it one thing and they'll call, you know, the upper Paleozoic section something totally different. And they'll call the Mesozoic section something totally different because all these events were broken down or the accommodation was created through different times. So, yeah, it's a, it's a trip. It's a trip how they, they break wow. it down there. But it's some really good geology. Wow. Yeah, it's awesome. We had um, three or four basins stacked uh, on one. So you have like the Warburton Basin, which is yeah. like the basement sediments and the Cooper which is where we were looking at Cretaceous and can't remember how, I can't remember what other ages. And then you had the Aeromanga and then like the Lake Erie Basin. So there was like four basins stacked on one, yeah. stacked on each other, wow. I should say. Well, there's, I mean, that's kind of like the Permian Basin. They can adopt that because you have Ellenberg. Yeah, you could, well, you can go for, you'd be like the Tobosa Basin. Right. One, and then you would break it into like an upper Permian section called that the Permian Basin. Like, and then, like when you come into, 
Yeah. And then, you know, Marathon of Wachita and then like all the Cretaceous stuff, you could call something totally different. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So like when you're talking like Edwards Trinity and like all of that. Dude. But stratotectonic work is the revolutionary stuff that we're talking about for geoscientists, for sure. Yeah. It, it's tying tectonics to stratigraphy using timelines, age dates, and good structural interpretations through geologic time. No question about it. That's been stated long before I just said it by some famous geologist, which I don't know his name, but he said the next thing is tying tectonics to stratigraphy. We, we got this big stratigraphic model that we really overuse. Now we're going to tie in structure. And that's that's where we're at today. That's really where we're at today. It's fascinating. And Skippo's thesis really touched on this. And you said it in the beginning, kind of. And we'll switch to the conception part of the show right after this. But what I wanted to bring up is you have this overprint of structural complexity before the basins form. And if you don't know that structure, then the structure of the base that's in the basin will not make sense because yeah. it's feeling the deeper structures so and skippo you did that you know really really nicely obviously in your thesis that's why i'm so speak so highly of it through time you're 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 mapping how the convergent vectors were changing and that that now it makes sense on why it's wrenching the way it was based on something that happened way long way before the reservoir was there yeah. uh it's fascinating fascinating way to tie it all together yeah, yeah very gonna, important i think yeah when you're tying in pathways of migration right that is the crucial element to understand where you have areas of tension and where you have areas of you know extension right because that's where the oil is going to want to go that path of least resistance and if you don't understand how it's changing through time right from those basement sediments to the cooper basin to those upper layers then like you're going to miss that target you're going to get a lot of water <laughs> or gas or gas uh depending, on, depending on how you're looking at it both are uneconomic both not a good look right now but yeah uh that's awesome man so yeah you're gonna be so that that's cool that you guys had like a pre-iba course so you guys are all geared up and ready to go so day one you guys are pulling data organizing data and then just like going to town i'm assuming on like the background geology and then what, what was your specific role or what is going so, to be your specific role? We'll yeah. talk to you after IBA, after you guys win IBA, we'll do, a, we'll do a post show. We'll do a post <laughs> show. And we'll, we'll go into the weeds about it. Love, well, we're officially going into the concept, uh, completion. completion. Part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm every time. <laughs> we're going the into history. The, yeah. <laughs> history Dylan, knows, Dylan knows it. Completion is here. It's amongst us. And we're talking about Dylan, with Dylan Morton, you're talking about you're competing in the IBA, something Skippo has direct experience in and I was an advisor for and all I did was just find industry people that really knew what they were doing and helped the team. And uh, and it was exciting, man. It was so much fun to just kind of see what happened to this team. And that's you, you got to know that this is a team effort, man. And communication with your team is such a real experience because everybody has a slightly different perspective everybody has a slightly different touchy subject and the way that they want to be approached and 
and they communicate, you know, there's a lot there and you're going to learn a ton on that. Well, you already did kind of in your semester, but like Skips was saying, what's your role going to be 2021 OSU's IBA competition? So uh, I, this semester I worked on mainly the petroleum system aspect. So I did all the Petromod stuff. Um, I did some, I did some work in Petrel, just getting an idea of what our formations were looking like, but I did mostly did all the Petromod stuff and the petroleum system modeling, which is really cool. Cause I'd never worked with Petromod. It's a really cool, you know, um, software. So one of the main things I talked about was how, and this ties back to, you know, deeper structure, but in the basin, um, basement radiogenic heat affected the thermal maturity of our area, which is pretty mm -hmm. common. And we were on our concession area was on the slope of a trough. So we saw pretty low thermal maturities due to that. And this yeah. part of the trough, not having as much crustal radiogenic heat production. And so that was real. Not, not Go to ahead. cut you off, but the Cooper basin, that's part of a failed rift system. If, am I right? Or I think so. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sorry. So continue on. Continue no, you're on. good. Yeah. So it's uh, it's there's a bunch of troughs and ridges around it, you know, forming due to compression. And so that's one thing I, I made him, uh, I mentioned and talked about, and uh, it was just interesting to see because the patch of war is, it's an interesting uh, formation. It's self-sourcing interbedded sandstones, coals and shales. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing a lot. The main source is obviously the coals. It has thick coal seams, and uh, source so for the, the gas. That, yes, it's it's a gas play. Uh -huh. So um, these coals, you know, they can they can generate hydrocarbons at pretty low thermal maturities. So that was one thing I mentioned, and so I created a the burial history model, um, vitronite reflectance models, and uh, the uh, petroleum systems elements chart. And uh, kind of just tie that all together with with the outlook of the basin. Give me your take on what do you think it is that wins the IBA? Hmm. So I think, you know, it's an overall view of how you bring it together, um, which we had a pretty good grasp on um, we, all of our aspects that we talked about complementing each other's. And uh, you know, we had one goal and that's the main thing I feel like, you know, I'm going um, to counter that. I'm going to counter that with the main thing. So you got your sub main thing, which is what you said. It's about showing that you, you have a team, you sub main thing. <laughs> the sub main thing is that you Not have to be confused with the main thing important, but it's still the sub main thing. You make a clear distinction between the main thing. Oh God. Sorry. Keep going. Keep going. Troy. You're on a roll. Help me out here. Skip up. All right. 
sub sub main thing is the fact that you have a team and that you guys were able to communicate enough for the presentation to make sense that you are complimenting the first person or the first person sets it up the second person compliments the first person sets up the third person third person sets it compliments the second sets up the fourth that's logical it's how you give a presentation a group presentation that's the sub thing the the main thing is that you are convincing someone that there is the potential for a lot of resources. So yeah. it, it's all about getting them to understand that it could be there. And that's the, 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 the fascinating part about the IBA is that you get a really experienced the, the, the epitome of a geologist and geoscience. It is about convincing someone that it could be there. And if you have that all compiled and you have this huge structure that says that could be this resource and everyone in the room goes, you know what? I think it could be. That's what wins the IBA in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. And that's kind of where I was going. You know, you, you want everything to make sense and you want it to be sound and you want to show them that they're, it's worth doing. So if you don't have the reserves, if, if your reserve estimates aren't up to par, then obviously you're not going to go through the trouble and money to drill it. So yeah. we made sure that we had a, a lot of reserves in place and had everything figured out sound, you know, that seal integrities, trap integrity, stuff like that. So yeah, nice. Nice. Skippo's was a big incise Valley thing. That was huge. Just this structure was huge. And you're like, I'm going to drill nice. it. I'm like, yeah, I, I would definitely put up money to drill that thing. <laughs> yeah, I know our volumetrics were, eh, but aside from that, it was solid. There, there were, there were, it was just the lack of data that we had over the thing. So we had to do some, you know, kind of like back of the envelope estimations that we're like, that's why it's our beta prospect, but it looks good. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I definitely think you have, I mean, just to kind of tie it all together, those are definitely the two fundamental things, right? Is like you guys have a cohesive presentation that tells a story. And the end of that story is there's a lot of effing oil here or a lot of effing gas here that you're going to be making money on. But tying all that data in together and like where you guys see certain things being important to present at certain times, right? Like, are you going to be talking about the seismic data first? Or are you going to be talking about the geochem first? Are you going to be talking about the stratigraphy first? What are you going to be, how are you going to set up that geologic background in order to, when you start evaluating those prospects, they're already know everything they need to know as far as the geology is concerned, but you're just hammering home like these home run points. Like that's, that's where I felt like, you know, that's, that's the difference between like, Oh, that was a good presentation. And here's my money. Take it. We're going to drill <laughs> exactly. it all. Right. That was Sell awesome. It. Yeah, that's awesome. That's right. You set up the nail, you hit it hard. And then the second person comes up, hits it even harder and then even harder. And then at the yeah. end of the day, you're just driving the hammer through the wall. Yeah. Yeah. So when they're talking about, so by the time you get to the risk stuff, they're like, I don't like, it looks so good already. Like, this is just like validating like my thoughts. I'm so excited for OSU. Man. 
I'm so yeah. excited for the IBA and and you competing in it, man. I I think if PBE could have one like prediction for 2021 is to somehow be there when all this happens for the IBA competition and bang, we get, we get to see the announcement. I was sitting there for these guys and I thought they won, man. When they didn't get third and they didn't get second, and I didn't get to watch the presentation, but I I I, I knew what they were presenting and I knew how they won the southwest section and i'm like man this is it man they're gonna fucking do it and uh and unfortunately another school was called they didn't even get podium at the end of the day and and that there's a lot there that explains how that happens or, or what happens there but i think we could be there man i don't know how but digitally somehow pbe has got to be there i want to see you win this thing man do you believe do you believe? Grab the mic and understand as you speak and you believe. You believe. By the, by the mic, we mean your computer. Yeah, pull oh, up yeah. your computer to your. <laughs> no, I, I, I fully believe. I'd love that if you guys could be there. It's definitely going to be online. So right. I don't know how yeah. all of it's going to work, but I'd well, love for you guys to be there somehow, some way. Yeah. Dude, there's got to be a way to make a show about it, right? It's the IBA competition, the AAPG, yeah. PBE podcast. Make a show, make a spectacle of it, and interview the teams, and you know, it's just you can make a you can make something out of that for yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll finagle this one. We'll figure something out. I love it. I love <laughs> the idea. Let's do it. Right on, right on. All right, completion part of the show is coming to an end with Dylan Morton. I feel like we're going to do this definitely again after the IBA, after you get a job in industry. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Anytime. Where, so as a graduate student and, and being involved in OSU, which is no, you know, this is a le very legit geoscience school in the world. It's not just America. OSU and Dr. Grammer and, and uh, ah, what's her name? The, uh, the chair of the department. Uh, Camellia? Yes. Nap? Yes, Mrs. Nap. Nap. Bang. You got this program that is very, very interesting. If you read the, 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 wow, the thesis, if you read the theses and you pay attention to what's happening at OSU, man, that's very, very exciting. It's very legit school. So what's the feel where are you the professors talking about where are you guys being really honed in on how you're going to make an impact in the professional world and the transition into from grad school to what you're going to do how is that going man what what are you hearing so one of the main things that uh, i think the school has kind of transitioned transitioned into is carbon sequestration a lot mm -hmm. of the a lot of the oil and gas teachers are not switching i would say but it's a big subject obviously everyone's yeah. looking at it so they've been doing a ton of research students have been doing research theses posters so that's something that i'm even interested in and then um you know we're kind of leaning towards i think we're we're gaining a few new masters our online master's degrees um in geophysics and i think one is like um I can't remember what the other one is. I think it's more engineering related somehow to geology, but, and then they're also pushing environmental a little harder. So, yeah. but I would say the main thing overall is the carbon sequestration has been a, a big topic yeah. at the school. 
Dude, that's a really, really interesting one, man. And pay attention to it. There's there's a lot going on, and there's certainly a lot from my perspective, which I won't get into the detail, the, the, the gory details on my take of the carbon sequestration. But when you put CO2 into the ground, they call it snap-off. The engineers are calling it snap-off. I don't think, uh, from a geologic perspective, I think there's a chemical reaction happening, and it's not simply CO2 going into the reservoir and then getting trapped in the pore space, which is scraping out the oil and and recovering more hydrocarbon. There's a chemical reaction happening in the rock and in the reservoir at temperature and at depth and all that stuff. So the carbon sequestration needs to be seriously looked at as an EOR technology that I think has a ton of potential to really help operators make a lot more money than they spend, decrease LOE, decrease the carbon footprint. I like the way you're going with that. What else are you are you thinking now personally for a thesis? So I would like to do, I would honestly like to do something with, with carbon sequestration, but from right now I'm looking at, um, really looking at a stratigraphic framework of the cottage grove sandstone in the oh. Anadarko basin. So that's what I'm focusing on right now. I'm just seeing, yeah. trying to see what it develops into. Yeah. Well, this is, I was going to say that that's, I well, first and foremost, I like how the department is beginning to diversify. I think that is something that's a necessity, right? You can't only be an oil and gas program. You can't only be an environmental program, blah, blah, blah. It needs to be, you know, a combination of academic and then the different industries. Right. But yeah, that's a really interesting thought because like carbon sequestration at the end of the day, you're looking for void space within the subsurface and that transfers everywhere. Right. How can you identify void space, whether it's through seismic understanding the stratigraphic framework. And then now it's like, all right, now that we've identified the void space, do we pump carbon into it or do we pull oil out of it? Or do we pump carbon to pull oil out of it? I don't know. There you go. There's, <laughs> there's a exactly. lot of different rabbit holes to go down. But yeah, I think that's a very, very smart approach to you know your thesis, potential thesis. Yeah, definitely. And another thing I was looking at if I was doing, because originally I was looking at maybe um, studying a shale. So I was wanting to do some geochem analysis. Oh, dude. I took a, I took a geochem, this, a geochem class this semester. And I just, I loved everything that I learned, you know, it what? was just new things that I had never heard. Organic geochem. Uh, I just loved it. So. Easy on the organic term, but however, strongly emphasize the geochemistry, man. I'm telling you, that is a tool that you can use to leverage into all industries. The geochemistry, that's it, man. I, I love that idea that you have. I love that idea. Carbon sequestration is a big one. There's a lot of excitement around that. But, but, but really understanding and knowing your geochemistry, that's a really, really strong uh, geologic tool, man. Yeah, and that's what I've been seeing as well. We actually had a class the other day and I uh, shouted out uh, Magma Kim. So let's go. Uh, let's shout go. Out, I, shouted out, I shouted out some of your guys' research and the teacher was like, hmm, never heard of this. Uh, I'll probably include it um, next time I teach this class. So you'll have to apologize to those students. And I was like, well, 
I have no apology. I make no apology. I bring up interesting things because I hear these things and I want to talk about them because I think they have value. That's it. Exactly. Dude, that's awesome, man. All right, we have come to the end of the show with Dylan Morton. This is it, man. We're two hours into this thing. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. I'm a fan. I am rooting for you, man. I'm doing everything that it's possible to make your a, a your transition from academia to the professional world a success. And sir, you have three strong semesters in front of you. It's very important what you learn in those semesters technically. Yeah. For that transition to be as successful as possible so i hope we stay in contact i i really do i i enjoyed this man yeah same man i'm a big fan of you guys uh i hope you know that and uh I, i'm glad we can make this happen it's been it's been super fun skippo you got it completion dude it's been great man hey, and if it takes a little longer than three semesters don't feel bad about it i took i took four from <laughs> From your points. So I took, I took two and a half years to get my thesis done, but, but yeah, I mean, you got an awesome journey ahead of you and just keep an open mind, man. Always question. That's all I'm going to say.